Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Marcos Garza and his team are the premier DUI defense lawyers in East Tennessee. They also do personal injury. They also do criminal defense. If you find yourself needing legal representation, support the man who supports us. Do whatever you can to get the best result possible for your case. Hiring Marcos Garza and his team is doing just that. Garzalaw.com, 865-540-8300. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. (laughs) But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's the dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Wednesday, June 12th. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. How you doing? Ah, Doing good, man. Actually, uh, I've been better. My damn lawnmower's broken. I was mowing the yard last night, and all of a sudden the blade quit cutting, so that kind of pissed me off. I don't know what the hell happened. I, I, is it, it might be bad for a lawnmower to do the way I to cut the grass the way I cut grass. I don't know. I frequently cut the blade off and on, depending on where I'm at. And I feel like I went to flick it back on, and I think something flew out from under my lawnmower, and then all of a sudden it just wouldn't cut anymore. I would be more concerned about the terrain. Okay. Like going up and down a hill. Yeah, I'm up and down a lot of hills. Yeah, I would be more concerned about the. I don't think cutting the blade on and off should do much. So now, now I'm fucked. Now I'm gonna have to get out there with my electric push mower and push for a while. Cause I need you to call. We need sling blade. I need to call sling blade. I wish he was a. Tr- I wish he was a real person. He could fix that lawnmower right up. That's true. Carl could do it. Carl could do it. Then I was leaving the store. We're supposed to do this at 5 o'clock. I was leaving the store. I forgot what I was going for. And I don't know if you're familiar with Knoxville. Like when you get to Kingston Pike, Bearden. I was leaving that Kroger, heading back up towards campus. And then I had to turn around. And there's nowhere to turn around that dangerous-ass road. That's the most dangerous road outside of Alcoa Highway in Knoxville. Just right there in between like Bearden and, and campus. So I have to turn around and go into this neighborhood, and then I'm cruising this neighborhood, and I don't know if it's my phone or what, but my GPS ain't working worth a damn. Like it's been delayed, and it won't pull me up the pull up the directions. It's acting stupid. So I'm riding around in circles in this neighborhood. Meanwhile, I'm trying to argue on NBA Discord with our patrons. <clears throat> yeah, I, I saw that you were doing that. You were arguing while driving. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not proud, but that's what happened. Okay. 
I mean, I get it, the whole courting and driving, it's bad. But when I get caught up in an argument, buddy, there's no cutting it off. Buddy, I have no room to say anything, so. There's no cutting it off once I get to arguing, man. I, I, I can't stop. You know that. Oh, I know that. I know that. I know that very well. It's to your own detriment, but yes, I know that. I'm sorry you had a bad day, but you're talking to me now, so. We're good. Everything's fine. Let's do this. So, what's on your mind? Um, I guess we might get Blackshear from Virginia Tech. Is that what's happening here? I don't know. It sounds like I would think we got a pretty good shot. I mean, you know, I would I would like it if he doesn't visit Kentucky after he visits us. I think that that makes us an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, no, if we get Blackshear, I mean, we're probably a top 25 team. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, apparently we're after that guy, and we're after the guy from... France. Yeah, but he's from that, like, weird college that LiAngelo Ball played at, or, damn it, LaMelo Ball played at. Oh, is he? I didn't even know that. That Aspire Academy? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was where LaMelo Ball played. Yeah, go and look up, uh, that's where that big freak played at. The big, you remember the guy, the seven foot seven, like guy that looks like he's a a freak, looks deformed. Yeah, he looks the like white, a thumb. Yeah, sorta. Yeah. That's yeah. where he plays. Like that's what school he played at. Okay, okay. That Bobrowski guy or whatever the hell his name was. Yeah. We talked he about him a little like bit on the radio. Li- he speaks like five languages. I don't know how many languages he speaks. I know he's seven seven. The first time I watched, fucking, and he's a fucking freak. Yeah, okay. The first time I ever watched a highlight video of him, I I had tears coming out of my eyes by the end. I was in tears laughing at him running. Robert Bobrovsky. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. Okay, so that's where he plays. Yeah, yeah so... I mean, this, we're obviously trying to add some size because that French guy is like 6'10". Yeah, I mean, that guy has some good offers. I mean, Kansas and Texas Tech and, I mean... You know, West Virginia, a couple. I mean, he's got good offers. For, he's just a three-star, but he's got good offers. He's got Yeah, he's got a solid offer list. I, I was looking at him today, this morning. I mean, so somebody's leaving. Hell, maybe and, two people. Yeah. I mean, we, we're, would, we've already brought in, what, five new people? Is that right? Five or six? Um, Five, yeah. So we've all, we've already brought in that many new people, and we're looking to add two more. So it, yeah, it would really be something if if we signed both of those guys. Now, all right, now we're bringing in six. We brought we're bringing in Josiah James, Olivier Nakama Naka Nakamuhawa, or whoever you know the guy from Finland, yep. whatever his name is, Drew Pember, yeah. and that Devonte Gaines guy from Virginia. They've all signed. So unless they that's four. And, and then, then the two the two transfers, Euros and I mean Victor Bailey is yeah uh, okay six six. But I mean yeah he counts on this year's scholarship. He counts right? on I this mean, year. Yeah 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 he does. They announced it. Yeah he does. So I mean yeah that's six new guys. So I mean are we trying to get eight new guys? Are we are we are we the new Memphis? Is he like I like that apparently all of a sudden Rick is just like well we're gonna totally overhaul the roster. Why are we doing this in June? Well that's the question. Although I mean. I mean, I guess this guy, and I guess, you know, obviously Blackshear is still taking his visit, so we're kind of on his timeline. 
Yeah. And I mean, I guess this other guy from from Finland is he is he a late bloomer? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like the Devonte Gaines guy is kind of like I forgot about him. I think everybody forgets about him. Like I don't know that he's gonna be any good or whatever, but that just seems like a random signing. I mean, I would think both he and Pember are going to be red shirt guys. Like, I don't think you're going to get anything from either one of those guys next yeah. year. I mean, 6'9", 190, 6'7", 175. Yeah. You're not getting one, anything from either of those guys. I, I don't really understand the, the Victor Bailey take. Like, well, I mean, I think you have two guards. You might have three guards leaving next year. I mean, like, there's, a, yeah. there's a way that Josiah James, Lamonte, and Bowden are gone. Yeah. So I mean, you're gonna need you're gonna need guards. Yeah. I mean, I know you got a I know you got a couple good ones in next year's class already, right? Uh, I think you know, but you're gonna need a, a good point. Yeah, you got, guard. You're, so, you're gonna get you're gonna get two top thirty overall players that are guards. One's a five star. So yeah. So I mean, I, but I mean, I have no problem with them taking him. He's a he's a talented guy. Yeah. But apparently, Rick Barnes. Apparently, Rick Barnes is like, oh shit, I'm gonna get paid a lot of money, and my roster's not very good. Yeah, I only have two SEC caliber players. Yeah, I at mean, least Rob two Lewis. SEC, at least two SEC caliber starters. I mean, obviously, I think Josiah will be, and you know, I think Fulkerson belongs in an eight man rotation somewhere, but probably as the eighth guy in the rotation. Yeah, I think so. I think that if if you're starting five, if, if four of those guys are Bowden, Turner, James, and Blackshear, you're going to win a, a lot of games. I think that's a pretty good. I think Tennessee's going to be a top twenty-five team if they get Blackshear. Um, I don't know who's going to be that fifth starter. I guess Fulkerson. Um, but I think those four guys—that's pretty good. I think that I think you can. I think you can win a lot of games with that. So we'll see. Um, you know, you said it looks like we're going to get Blackshear. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know either. I just, you know. I haven't seen anything good about him other than that he's going to be on campus. Someone was actually telling me that he was at Balter Beer Works eating with, uh, I I don't know if it was Barnes, but eating with a coach and eating with a couple players uh, like uh, yesterday. Interesting. Or the the day before. I I don't know if that's true. That's just what something somebody passed along to me. Like, again, I don't don't know. I think the guy's friend worked at Balter. You know how that shit works. Like, no one actually knows, but. I mean, he said yep. he wants to go somewhere where he can win and play big minutes, and obviously Tennessee is dying for a good post player right now. Yeah, and, like, it doesn't make any sense to go to Florida. No. I don't know why you'd have any confidence in Mike White. And, you know, I mean, they basically – their offense is basically five out. Like, they don't use a big man. Sure. So, you don't even fit in. Um, For all the shit we've given Rick Barnes, he's better than Mike White. That Amen to that. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, Arkansas, I wouldn't think is going to be any good. I don't know. I mean, what's his name is a good coach. Yeah, I like Musselman, but I don't. I don't think but they're going to be better than Tennessee. No, I don't think they're going to be better than Tennessee. And then Kentucky, you got to. I mean, Kentucky's going to be good, but you know, you have to worry about your minutes. They got what? Who they got that big Stevens guy down there? He's a five star. And then, I don't even know. I think Nick Richards is still there. Okay, and isn't there a Stevens too? Isn't there a Richards and Stevens? But I was thinking Nick Stevens, but. Obviously, Maybe. that's I don't uh, know. I don't no. Obviously, Nick Stevens is the former Tennessee quarterback. So, I know they got two big five stars in like at power forward and, and center. So, like Blackshear could 
play over them, obviously, but it would be it wouldn't be the same thing as being the go to guy. Yeah, I mean, like it's actually coming to Tennessee makes a good bit of sense. Well, that means he'll do it because that always works out for us. <laughs> so I look forward to him suiting up for the Gators. I look forward week. to getting cucked when he yep. comes in in big blue. Yep. So he's definitely not coming. Um, and then I saw that we are favored or in a pick in eight football games. Yeah. Which seems pretty good. I'll take it. Eight I'll take it. four. A and four. Because one only... of those pickums is Mississippi State. We're only 12-point dogs of Georgia. No, 10 what I ten, saw. 10, 10, 10, okay. 10. 10-point underdogs to Georgia. You know what that means? Just, you know, force a couple turnovers. Get the checker kneeling crowd rocking. Get one of those a million fumbles that we forced against them last year. Recover uh, one, perhaps. Uh, I, sent, I sent the message in the Discord. I posted Phil Stills, the press release that UT sent out. We got four All-SEC players, baby. And sure, one of those was a fourth-string punt returner. Yeah. And like, one of those was Nigel Warriors, a third string, which I don't think any of us have any confidence in. But, hey, four All-SEC players, man, led by so, Darrell Taylor, first-team All-SEC defensive end, according to Phil Still. If you're watching so much SEC football that you have a preseason Fourth team for special teams, you need to go outside. You need to walk outside and just go on a walk. There is no need. He was fourth team punt returner. Do we really, hey, need, do we really need four teams? I mean, however, whatever gets Phil still in the press release, baby. Whatever gets hit. Whatever, I mean, I thought it was weird that Tennessee sent that out to my email. Like, hey, just so you know, Phil Steele says the Vols have four SEC players. They gotta, they gotta get, get, get the good pub wherever they can take it. Yeah. So there's what? There's what? Twenty two people on a team, and we have four in the first eighty eight. Not even <laughs> plus plus punt returners and kickers. So four of the top like one hundred, basically. Man, but yeah. I would say every school has at least four. Every school has sent out that press release. Phil Man. still knows how to juke the stats. But, yeah, I mean, Taylor, I get, is Taylor, like, is he really, like, first team all SEC good? I mean, maybe. I mean, he dominated that Georgia game about as good as you can on a team that, you know, didn't have a chance to win. Yeah, he had he a couple was, of strip sacks. I mean, he he, he was He balling. was amazing. He was great against Georgia, and he was great against Kentucky. So, I and mean, I don't uh, think he did anything else the rest of the season. Well, that's fine. But, I mean, if you just watch that one game, you would think he's a first-team All-SEC player. That's true. That's true. No, I mean, I, I think there are going to be better defensive linemen than him. But it, it is nice to see, I guess. Yeah. He is an athletic freak. I mean, he was he a guy. Athletic. I mean, yeah, he is a guy who's you know was pretty highly touted. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, seeing that the seeing the how the spread should be, uh, where it had Tennessee, like I said, uh, favored in six and a pick them in two. That that's 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 okay. That got it me is going okay. a little bit. It is okay because Mississippi State is at home and he cannot lose that game. As we've stated, and so the other pick was was Kentucky, right? Right, and I mean, who gives a shit? We'll beat them. 
Yeah, I mean, it's Kentucky. What was Missouri? Oh, good question. Let me go back and find it. You keep talking. I'll find it. It's my, uh, it's, uh, they're favored by six. Okay. I mean, well, I'll take that. That's basically a toss up. And I'll take that too, because like we already talked about, they're not going to a bowl. They're not going to get up for it. Uh, so we're going to beat Missouri too. Can we talk about South Carolina's schedule? Well, that's what I talked to. I don't know if you listened to me talk to the, uh, David Cloninger on behalf of Hardy's shout out to Hardy's but I got to look at their schedule and my god they are uh, they play A&M and Alabama which I mean I think is going to be the two best teams in the west yeah I think I think A&M's the second best team in the west too they play at Georgia they play at Tennessee right they that play Georgia Florida game. I mean yeah I mean they obviously play Florida and they play well, I'm saying, I think yeah I think that Georgia's game's on home. the road yeah Georgia's on the road it's and, and I mean and then just outside the SEC they also play Clemson so yeah and they also play North Carolina which I'm not saying North Carolina will be good but it's not like they've got like an S uh, you know like some Sun Belt team to open up with sure no I mean that's gonna be Mac Brown bringing it back to 2005 it's their their schedule is North Carolina Charleston Charleston Southern Alabama at Missouri Kentucky at Georgia. Florida at home, at Tennessee. So they, theoretically, theoretically, they could have five losses when they play Tennessee. They're they're non right. I mean, everyone, we, we you could lose to Alabama, Missouri, Florida, Georgia, and Kentucky, and that's even giving them the win over North Carolina. That's giving them North Carolina. So I don't think don't have, it's I don't think it's a stretch to say they could lose those other five games. Kentucky's beat them four in a row. Yeah, like and so or five in a row. I think five in a row. I think. I mean. Yeah, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen against North Carolina? You know, who knows what's going to happen in that game? They're going to lose to Alabama. They go to Missouri. That's a, probably a loss. They have Kentucky at home. They lose to Kentucky. Then they have back-to-back preseason top ten teams at Georgia, Florida at home. By the time they get to UT, they could be just decimated. And here's another thing: like their late season non-conference game is against Appalachian State, who's won like 10 games every year. For I know that that coach is now at Louisville, but that's like a top 25 team the last couple years. That's their, that's their homecoming game. Their homecoming game is App State. This is one of the worst schedules I have ever seen. They're going to be fighting for bowl eligibility at homecoming, and they're going to be on like their fifth string quarterback when App State comes into town. That is that is a hellacious schedule. <laughs> yeah, they end they they finish at A and M Clemson at home. So yeah, like there's a good chance that they come into Knoxville on fumes, dejected. I mean, the chances of them going to a bowl game seem very slim. Like I said, David Cloninger, who covers them for you know covers them for like yep. the the Charleston paper or whatever, he was saying that six and six it would be acceptable for the fan base. Like they're they're just gunning for six and six. That seems like it would be a good coaching job. I know, like, but it's crazy because Will Muschampson, how what what year is he in now? Is he in year four? Four, yeah. And they're like, please just get us to six and six. That, I mean, they're going to be in a similar situation as we are. Like, right? I mean, like, 
A&M, Georgia, Florida every year, and Clemson. That that's gonna suck. Yeah, for that, them. Yeah, that it does suck like that because A&M. I mean, I'm not. That's saying, not even counting us. Like, I mean, theoretically, we could become good again. Maybe. Maybe. And if we ever come good again, like that's that's gonna be a a pretty hellacious year in year out schedule. Yeah, because like A and M's gonna be good for the long for for the foreseeable future as long as Jimbo's there. One would think. So, and I mean, that's just brutal. That's brutal. You hate to see it, man. You hate to see it happen to a nice guy like Will Muschamp. Hopefully we don't lose to Will Muschamp this year. I, w- I would love to see Will Muschamp eat shit on what, live television. What's the spread for us in South Carolina? What should that spread be? We're favored by th- us. Three. Okay. Hmm. Favored by that, three. That feels good. So I guess eight and four? I mean, at a minimum. At minimum. You coming around? You you were making fun of me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not coming around. It sounds like you're coming around. I'm not coming around. I don't know if you saw the pictures of our boy Jeremy Pruitt at main event last night, bowling and and riding on the uh, riding on the motorcycle. The boys are loose. They're confident. Uh, team bonding that goes a long way. Well, I, I, here's what I'll say: We're gonna be well coached. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I feel like that. Like don't you don't you agree with that? They said uh, Trey Smith's in the best shape of his life. I saw that. I saw that. Now, I don't know if that means he's going to play or if he's just good at working out now, but best shape of his life. Yeah. I mean, don't you think – I would like – don't you – but rolling into a game, I feel good about how we're coached, oh, especially def- defensively. You hear this sound, people? Seth Hughes is excited about football. Uh, I mean, but when you're well coached, all it you took can was Phil Steele. All it took was Phil Steele saying the balls had four, <laughs> four offensive or four uh, all SEC players, and, and Seth Hughes is in. All it took was Phil Steele putting Marquez Callaway on his fourth <laughs> team special teams. <laughs> what? Why? why? I, it seems crazy to me. Callaway's a senior. I feel like Juwan Jennings has been here about twice as long as Callaway. Well, I mean, he almost has. He's been here six years. <laughs> has he really? Yeah, I mean, he took the medical red shirt and that year he quit, right? I don't know. Or no, did he get an extra year for that? Is he only a fifth-year guy? I don't know. I feel like he's been here about ten years. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it's only five years. So, if we go eight and four, what bowl are we going to? Out back? Probably. Back to Tampa. We're going, going back, back to Tampa. Tampa. I'll take eight and four. I'll feel really good about eight and four. Well, of course you'll take eight and four. What the hell is that supposed to mean? You're going to be mad if you don't get to, if you get eight and four. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I only accept championships. Fair enough. We'll take eight and four in year two. I only get excited about championships. We'll take eight and four in year two. I'm excited to I'm excited to see Jim Haney pull out that hog. Imagine the shit he's gonna pull out of the hat against Georgia at home. That'd be fun. Jim Haney's gonna whip out the hog for Georgia. He might he might have oh. some games where he calls some real shit, but against Georgia, because Tennessee always plays good against Georgia, right? I, I mean, forgot about the the Georgia factor and him him being so familiar with them. 
I mean, that we should probably win that game. Jim Cheney's home. Jim Cheney's whipping that hog out. You might not be able to see it, but it's out there. But he's going to put it on the table. We'll be able to see it. He might not be able to see he it. He might not we'll be see able it. to see it. <laughs> we will see it, and Kirby Smart will see it, but Jim Chaney might not see it. Kirby Smart will. Hopefully, Jim Unless Chaney. Unless he looks up at the Jumbotron. Yeah, hopefully, Jim Chaney's ready to go. Before we get to uh, some patron questions, any thoughts on the NBA Finals? Yeah, rough stretch for Nick Nurse. Oh, rush. man. Was that not the dumbest timeout ever? Are we are we ready to cancel Nick Nurse yet? No, not yet. To. Because not yet. Not yet. I need to see what he does in Game Six. I'm not ready to cancel him just because he was like homeless for a little bit. But if they lose Game Six, he's canceled. He can go back to being homeless. Well, if he wins Game Six, buddy, let me tell you, he better win Game Seven or else he will get canceled. Just this would be this would be an all time choke job. This would be one of the worst yeah. choke jobs ever because with no KD. The Raptors are much, much better than the Warriors. I don't think you can argue that at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I cede to your NBA knowledge. Well, I just mean like the the Warriors hit twenty threes in game yeah. f- uh, five and barely won, and they won by one point. Like yeah. they shot forty seven percent of their they hit forty forty seven percent of their threes, hit twenty of them, and won by one. Yeah. Like, I, I think the Raptors are better. Maybe the Raptors, maybe Kawhi felt a little pressure at the beginning by being in Toronto for that game. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. being in front of the home crowd. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably play better on the road because he was he was dominant in Golden State. And I, I just – I don't see Golden they, they, State winning game six. They, they better win game six, man. Do you really – like – it just that that timeout was so bad. That timeout was so bad. Kyle Lowry, the last minute, was so bad that I felt I felt bad for Kyle Lowry. Like he had that turnover when he drove and then like tried to kick it out to Gasol. Don't forget that he missed a wide open three uh, with about a minute and a half left when it was a three point game before before Steph tied it. Like, Kawhi ran a perfect play, got the ball out to Lowry on the right wing for a wide-open three that would have ended the game, and he missed it. And then Steph came down and tied it on the next possession. Then he had the turnover on the backcourt, which led to Clay Thompson hitting the three. And then, of course, we know Kyle Lowry got his shot blocked by Draymond Green. Man. I don't think anybody that was pulling for Toronto wanted Kyle Lowry taking that shot. I don't even think Kyle Lowry wanted to be taking that shot. Yeah. I felt bad for him because he played pretty good in the third, uh, in the third and fourth quarter. Like he kept them in the game because Kawhi was sucking. Like he got them to the bridge where then Kawhi went full Terminator and scored ten straight points. Yeah. And then Nick Nurse, for some dumbass reason, took a timeout. That that timeout. Like I don't even know what to say. I what mean, was like, he doing? He said, hey, once it gets under three minutes, they take away your timeouts, and you're only allowed to call two timeouts in the last three minutes of the game. So, hey, I wanted to use them. They were tired. But you know who else was tired? The team that was playing six guys. Yeah. The team that was like, huh, who do I put out there, Quinn Cook or or DeMarcus Cousins? What 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 do we do here? Like, Clay, uh, Steph was shooting deep jump shots and was short on everything. 
They couldn't stop Kawhi Leonard. All they had to do was just keep going, and instead they called timeout, let Golden State rest, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the Splash Brothers started splashing and shit. It was pretty remarkable by Golden State, though. Oh, no, it was awesome. Like, that was all the cliches that we talk about, right? Like, heart of a champion. Yeah. That type of shit. Like, you got to knock out the champ, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, Curry and Thompson, they got up off the mat, and they started throwing haymakers. Like I really like Clay Thompson. I don't dislike him. I I, I think he's cool, whatever. Like, I don't like him on Golden State. He seems cool off the court, though. So, I mean, you know, like I said, I I don't dislike him. That was, it was just, I mean, I don't like the Warriors, but like you said, that was a pretty cool minute of basketball. Nick Nurse better win this game. If you're going to, if you're going to wear a hat that has your initials on it, then you better win the damn championship. Because he looks like a tool. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to be like him, you have to win. If you're going to have your logo, if you're going to wear your glasses and, and have your swag, you got to win. I was really mad over the whole them playing Kevin Durant thing. That was, yeah. I think the Warriors, I've already talked about it a lot on the radio and on Twitter, so I'm not going to rehash it much here, but I think there's a reason the GM was up there crying. I think he felt guilty. Yeah. I mean, you rush him back and he tears his ACL. They leaked that shit after game four that the locker room was frustrated. Yeah. The reporter was talking about how the team's looking around and all their injured players and how all of them are trying to play except Kevin. What's it going to do for him in free agency? Apparently nothing. Apparently uh, teams are still going to offer him the max. Okay. And just deal with him sitting out a year. Golden State will probably offer him the five-year super max and the Knicks and the Nets are like, yeah, we'll still give you the money. And he's not going to play next year. And he'll miss all of next year, most likely. I mean, he should miss all of next year. Holy shit, I didn't know that. I guess that's what happened to John Wall, though. Yeah. Yeah, but I think people have a lot more confidence than Kevin Durant. Yeah, I know, uh, but like John Wall set out the whole year. Like, John oh, Wall's yeah. just mailed it in, right? Like, yeah, no, John care. Wall got that. John Wall got paid, and he's like, cool. I'm yeah. good now. Yeah. Remember, he showed up to Team USA's, like, meeting wearing, like, with his beard grown out and his hair nappy, like he is like he looks like he'd been out in the club for four straight days. He just he totally melted in. It's you almost have to respect it. You almost do have to respect it. I mean, get it's, paid. You got you got, you got two hundred million dollars. Cool. Yo, I'm tired, buddy. It was rough out in the field today. And now the reports are that the Lakers are trying to get this Anthony Davis trade done, but that they don't want to trade Kyle fucking Kuzma. What? Why does that matter? Like, they're willing to give up everything else except, no, can we keep Kyle Kuzma, please? Why? I don't know. I don't know. I guess they just want to feel like they... I just want to feel like they uh, they, they got to keep a little bit of their pride, maybe. So if they if they give away everyone and they they get Anthony Davis, they have him with LeBron. Are they going to be that good next year? They'll have to get a third guy. Yeah. Or I guess they could spread it out over two other guys, but they'll probably need a third guy. Who is there out there to get? I mean, they could try to get Kyrie or Jimmy Butler or Kawhi or Clay Thompson, but I don't know if any of those guys are realistic. They could. 
overpay for Tobias Harris. They could go if someone like J.J. Reddick can get someone cheaper. And I don't know. It's going to be hard to fill a roster out. I mean, I think you take your chances with AD and LeBron, but still, like, if they have to give up all their pieces, it's, it's going to be tough. But I think the Lakers are just like, fuck it, we need to worry about the next five years, not just next year. You don't, you probably don't want to risk Anthony Davis going to the Knicks or somewhere else. Like, if you can get him in the building, I think you try to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to do it if you're them. You have to just make the make jump, make the jump. After, yeah, you don't let Kyle Kuzma bring that down. After the last two months of their organization doing what it's done, just go get just go get Anthony Davis, and who cares? Like they're going to give up Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and they're balking at giving up Kyle Kuzma. I assume they're giving up the Ball and Ingram, right? Ball, Ingram, and Kuzma, and the number four pick. Oh, they're giving the number four pick away, too? So yeah. you're willing to give up Brandon Ingram, who is going to be awesome, right? Some people are split on that. Okay. I mean, I think I think he's good. I think he's going to keep getting better. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'd say awesome, but I think he's a really good player. Okay, so he's really good. Ball is going to be really good, too, right? I like Ball. I think Ball's already one of the five best defensive guards in the league. Okay. And the number four pick. Yep. You're cool with giving up those three things, but you don't want to give up Kyle Kuzma. Have you ever seen Bad Santa? Yeah. Whenever they're negotiating with Bernie Mac, and he's like, you know, he, he wants half, and they're trying to start it like a third. They just keep going, and Bernie Mac just keeps saying half. And then they're like, 48%? 49%? He just keeps saying half. And then finally, Billy Bob Thornton's like, what's one more damn percent? Like, you're going to give us four, you're going you're to give him 49%, but not 50? Yeah. You're not just going to give that extra 1%. To me, Kyle Kuzma is the extra 1%. That doesn't just, make any sense. Just throw it in. Just throw it in. It's fine. Like, all three of the other things in that trade, to me, are better than Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, I'd be fighting to try to keep one of the other three things. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think you can do. I don't think you can though. That's the problem. So the Pelicans would get Ingram Ball, Man, Zion that, Williamson. That's so much to get. Yeah, I mean the Pelicans would be good next year. Who who would they take at number four? Probably Garland. They might take Garland and trade Drew. I don't know. Like if I was them, I would take Garland and trade Drew. Or hell, maybe they won't because they'll have Lonzo. I I don't know. The Pelicans got a, are going to get a lot of a, a lot of assets out of this. Like honestly, man, like I know the Lakers just want this over with and they want to make LeBron happy, but fuck, man, I don't think I'd give up all that for one year of Anthony Davis. Oh, so they're not even guaranteed. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he'll stay. He'll stay, but I'm just saying like you could theoretically get him in a year. Yeah, I mean, like if you, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't give up everything either. But if I was willing to give up those three things, and I sure wouldn't give a shit about Kyle Kuzma. Oh no, you're one hundred percent right about that. I mean, I, I wouldn't give up the number four pick, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. And I, I guess a, th a point that matters is that this is, I think, Brandon Ingram's last year of his rookie deal. Okay. So the, a team's going to have to give him a big money next year. So the Lakers will basically just like lose that asset if they don't trade him this year. 
when I say lose the asset, they could still obviously re-sign him next year, but you'd be paying him big money, and he's a lot more valuable now, uh, you know, cheaper than he will be when he's making $20, 25000000 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. And where's Kyrie going to go? Probably Brooklyn. See, that is that is probably— Or the- he might go to L.A. Maybe like, if, if Davis goes to L.A., maybe he would look and say, yeah, I'll play with LeBron, and then you'll have LeBron, Kyrie, and Anthony Davis, and that'd be pretty cool. Like, I probably care about Kyrie Irving more than any of the others just because I find him interesting because he is such an unlikable asshole. (laughs) There is some beauty in just being an unlikable asshole. Yeah, like, and that somebody is willing to, like, just say, who cares? Everyone hates him, but who cares? We're going to give him the money he wants, like the Nets. Like, that seems like it would be a total disaster for Kyrie to go to the Nets. I think so. Maybe not, though, but it seems like a disaster waiting to happen. But good for the Celtics. They're better off without him. Very interested to see what happens with the Celtics. I will hold off my slander for now until... Poor Tennessee can't until, take it. And, until we see what happens. Tennessee can't take it. All right, let's get to some patron questions. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. We've got a couple of shout-outs we've got to give, Seth. You ready? I am. Shout-out to a new $2 patron, Aaron Powers. Shout-out to Aaron. We love you. And shout-out to new $10 patron, my mother, Renee Reed. Shout-out to Miss Renee Reed. We love you. I had a fantastic weekend with you. Couple weekends ago, whenever that was, the end of May. I mean, you had a, you guys just hung out for one night. It wasn't a full weekend. Well, I don't know. I saw her at uh, the disco thing. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> nah, yeah, that was fun. Silent so disco. shout out, so shout out to my mom. All right, let's get uh, rolling with some questions. Hit me with them. We got about let's do about fifteen minutes of questions. <clears throat> okay. Um, anything page. over an hour, people. Yeah, an hour is a long time. So let's just try to keep it under fifty. So come Too on, let's long go. For me to be away from the field, patron Dylan Fur would like to know what is the one sports injury that tugged on your heartstrings the most? When Steve McNair got shot. Rest in peace. That's pretty tough. Didn't, didn't I mean, that they, was like, sad? Didn't they find like his penis stuffed in his mouth? That's what people think. That's 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 the the word around Nashville. It's never been confirmed, but apparently Steve McNair had like a big 14, 15 inch penis. He was proud of it. He was always fucking around and and having sex with married women. And there, you know, legend goes that he had his penis cut off and shoved inside of his mouth. Yeah, was that Sports Illustrated expose podcast on it any good? I mean, I liked it. It didn't really answer any questions. It just presented a lot of doubt. Like, I mean, I did come out of it thinking the girlfriend didn't do it. Yeah. But it didn't answer any questions. Like, he tried to get the uh, the penis question answered, but the, the coroner wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he didn't have any any definitive evidence or else, you know, we would have had a conviction. It was just more of raising doubt. It was kind of like Serial in that regard. I don't know if you listened to the first yeah. season yeah. of Serial, but it basically has laid out – this seems really unlikely that this little woman did it. Yeah. 
Seems unlikely. It, I mean, honestly, as we talk about this a couple months late, it, to me it made it sound like the the wife had him killed. Okay. Because Steve was burning through money like crazy. Mm. Rest That's in how peace, it seemed Steve. to me. That was the worst sports injury for me, I guess, on the field or on the court. I remember feeling really bad for Marshawn Lattimore. Oof, man, that was tough. When he got hurt. When Eric Gordon just destroyed that ACL. I know a lot of I know a lot of Tennessee fans will probably talk about Inky. I don't remember really watching that game when that happened. Yeah. So my answer would be Steve McNair one, Marshawn Lattimore number two. What are your answers? Um the guy for Louisville who had a shin bone sticking out of his skin. Former Vol Kevin Ware. Kevin Ware. I was thinking Kevin Knox, but knew that didn't sound right. Kevin Ware was the worst sports injury. Man, like he had Coach K in tears. Yeah, that I remember watching that awful. one when that happened. That yeah, that one was awful. bad. Uh, I, I kept turning away. I didn't watch it, though. I don't yeah. really like that stuff. Yeah. Um. Patron Will Warren. I mean, there's been a lot of bull riding incidents where, or bull fighting incident when a, a horn has ended up in people. Yeah, that was that one's pretty. Too, I imagine. That one's I, pretty I tough. bet that hurts. I bet that hurts. And then someone had sent me uh, something one time when we talked about this on the radio. I think that uh, a soccer referee was shot and killed on the court on the field. Holy shit! In Brazil, I think so, or Colombia, or I think I Argentina, that. I or think somewhere. I remember that. Yeah. How about you ever seen that video of that guy throwing the javelin and it hits the the umpire? Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> that was wild. I bet that hurt. Should have moved. He should have moved. moved. He saw it coming. He saw that spear coming. I can only have so much sympathy for that man. He wouldn't have made it in the Stone Age either when they were throwing spears all the time. Man, I bet that hurt, though. That was was a tough one. Kevin Kevin Ware was bad. Kevin Ware was bad. So was Steve McNair. Rest in peace. Number nine. That was his number. They're retiring his jersey. They are? For uh, the first home game against the Colts. Hell yeah. We going? Him and him and Steve McNair. I might, I don't know. Probably. We'll see. I don't know. I'll see you in Nashville. Yeah, just move on. Just move. You're not going with me. I, that is what's not gonna happen. Why not? We had fun. We've never seen a win together. It was about the fellowship. We're 0 for 2 at least. Have we only sat together for two games? Yeah, I think so. This Auburn, the first time we met in 2013, and then the Indianapolis Colts game? We've sat together for other games, but not like had seats right by each other. Like the Missouri well, yeah, game what... when we froze our ass off, we were together. I just came up there and hung out with you for a little bit. But, yeah, we didn't have seats together, yeah, sure. that was miserable. Next question. Patron Will Warren, brother and friend. He would like to know what commentator slash journalist of any any field, not just sports, annoys you the most. Say that one more time. What commentator slash journalist annoys you the most? Man, uh, Paul Pierce was really taking that mantle, but apparently ESPN's firing him. Oh, shit. Apparently him and Michelle Beadle and Chauncey Billups got the axe. Beadle did too? I mean, not like from the whole company, but just from like the that's the pregame, the yeah. pregame, postgame show. Yeah. Okay. 
Paul Pierce is up there. Um, what media on, t- on TV gets on my nerves the most? What's your answer? Dan Wolken. Oh, yeah. Dan Wolken. I, I, I just kind of ignore him, but yeah. I have a friend, and his name won't be said on the podcast, but he has told me multiple times before that if Dan Wolken died, he would celebrate. <laughs> He's meant it wholeheartedly every time that if Dan Wolken got shot, <laughs> he would celebrate it. I just don't know if he can be my number one. Oh, man, he's pretty bad. He sucks ass. No, he sucks. Don't get me wrong. Um, Anybody that works for the New York Times should go to jail, probably. They should be imprisoned, I think. Um, I don't think he's my number one, but, man, every time I see Clay Travis get retweeted on my timeline, it... it <laughs> It makes me cringe. I finally just had to mute him so he quit popping up. Clay Travis versus Dan Wolken in the wrestling ring. Well, Clay Travis would kill him because Dan Wolken. Yeah, is... yeah. No, no, no. Dan Wolken's not beating anybody up in a fight. Yeah, man. And I, I know hate... people like Clay, so if you like Clay, don't tweet me telling me you like Clay. Whatever. I just, I just don't like him. He wouldn't be my number one though. Probably Wes Rucker. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Spill the tea on how you really feel about Wes Rucker. Let's move on. I've said what I would need to say. Patron Trent Bowles would like to know for you, John, what is your all-time favorite wrestling moment? My all-time favorite wrestling moment. Ah, man, there's a couple that come out to to mind. Like when I was like six, I think it was WrestleMania 12, when Shawn Michaels came down the zip line to fight Bret Hart in the Iron Man match, and then he finally won that championship. That six-year-old me, really, as the kids say, popped. Really got excited for that. My brother was a big Bret Hart fan, so when Sean got to win, uh, I was very happy. Um, I also thought it was cool when Stone Cold helped Mankind win the championship on Raw that one night. That was awesome. Um, those are probably the two answers that of what made me the happiest. And when Sable posed in Playboy. <laughs> shout out to her. Uh, shout out Sable. Um, Do you have an answer? When the Undertaker rose out of that coffin. That was pretty cool. That was just badass. I, I'll tell you what the worst moment was. It was Friday when The Undertaker and Goldberg had that wrestling match in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, what was up with that? Buddy, it was bad. The people in Saudi Arabia love all the old people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a little bit behind when it comes to wrestling, so they want all the legends. Like, to the point, like, when they first negotiated the contract, they're like, hey, can you get us uh, the Ultimate Warrior? And they're just like, guys, the Ultimate Warrior died, like, five years ago. <laughs> we, no, we can't get you the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> So instead, like, you know, they just keep running all these old guys, and this last rendition was Goldberg versus The Undertaker, and Buddy, it was brutal. I bet it was awful. I kept thinking these guys were going to break their necks, break their backs. They were botching, you know, botching move after move. It it wasn't good. But it can we talk about old. how awesome it is that they have the WWE in Saudi Arabia? Ah, uh, man. Uh, I mean, it's they, they want that money. It helps the stock price. Man. Those. They keep trying to get women over there to wrestle. They keep trying to get force or not force, but keep pressuring them. I guess. I guess pressure is the same thing as force. Trying to get them to let them let women wrestle. 
They just now let women drive, right? Yeah, they're trying to let uh, some American women wrestle. So far, they have been uh, rebuked. Yeah, I imagine so. I imagine so. But that, like that, the second event was over there right after that journalist got killed. Like right after they figured out that that's what happened, that he showed up at the embassy and didn't didn't leave. So a lot of people are like, man, are they not, are they actually going to go there and do that? And some of the wrestling podcasters and writers I follow do this thing that where they just boycott. They don't talk about the matches. They don't watch whenever they're in Saudi Arabia. I still watch. I wouldn't care either. I wouldn't care either. If I enjoyed it, I'd watch it. Who cares? I'm not a cuck. That's right. I mean, who cares? Like, At least that I know of. <laughs> I hope not. <sighs> I hope not. Knock either, on buddy. wood. I hope not either, buddy. Next question. Would you rather spend a day surfing on a big boy sea turtle or riding Ooh. a Kodiak through the Alaskan bush? Assuming that the Kodiak is not going to eat you or maul you. What about uh, the sea turtle? Are we going to get eaten by a shark or anything? I will speak for patron Chad and say, no, you're not going to get yeah, eaten by a shark. Yeah, let's just assume no harm. No harm, will fall, uh, no harm will befall you. Yeah. I would like to go through Alaska on a Kodiak. That'd as be cool. much as I love big boy sea turtles, going to the Alaskan bush on a Kodiak would be awesome. Whoa. Wow, what an upset here. I know. As much as I love big boy sea turtles, but just think about being on the back of a Kodiak. You know? Mm-hmm. It would be pretty cool, but I still love sea turtles. Yeah, I mean, all, all due respect to the sea turtles, they've lived a long time, but the power you would feel between your legs as you rode that bear, you'd feel you'd feel pretty badass. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be pretty cool to have that much power between my legs for once. We got any other good things? Um, uh, some some inappropriate questions. I made the mistake answer. of putting up the uh, thread on Discord a day early because we had to cancel, and we got a lot of filth in there. Yeah, I'm not gonna. No questions about eating ass, please. I'm never gonna Come ask on. questions like that. Y'all know that I'm Come not on. going to. Come on. Oh, Zach would like to know French Revolution or Bolshevik Re- Revolution. French every day, Zach. Um. Then I think John, I had a question right from Zach too. Oh, King of Queens or um, everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. King of Queens or everybody loves Raymond. I, I just want to point out. I feel a little offended that Zach asked you about the revolutions and asked me about sitcoms. Feel a little bad that we had to have that specified. But with that being said, uh, King of Queen. King of Queens. Do you like the French Revolution or the Bolshevik Revolution, John? Uh, Bolshevik. Mm-hmm. But King of Queens. King of Queens is one of the... I, I, I'm just going to say it. It's the most underrated sitcom of all time. Yeah. Arthur Spooner is better than Mr. Costanza from Seinfeld. You know, they play the same character. or they, It's the same actor, I guess I should say. Uh, Arthur Spooner is much better. Kevin James, this is before he sold out and went, you know, full kid movie. <laughs> Lena Remy, this is before she went Scientologist and was still really, really sexy. This is before Patton Oswald turned into, uh, you know, whatever he is on the internet. 
a total cuck. Deacon gave it a little uh, a little diversity. Such a great show. Like I, I'll be honest, I didn't really love Everybody Loves Raymond. I don't think this one's close, at least in my opinion. Like Everybody Loves Raymond was cool, whatever. But I was always a King of Queens guy. I usually turn the channel when Raymond was on. Yeah, I prefer King of Queens too. Man, King of Queens is so good. Such a good show. That Scientology documentary Leah Ramini was in was pretty good too. I never watched it. I'm not. I, I've yet to go through any Scientology documentaries. Am I missing out? Going Clear is a good documentary. So you would recommend it? Yeah, it's on HBO. You might as well give it a watch. I mean, why not? Do you think that's why Justin Bieber wanted to beat Tom Cruise up? Because of Scientology? Because Bieber is a big born-again Christian. I don't know what that was about. I thought that was very weird. I, I mentioned th- on the Daily Quickie, which I've been putting out every morning. Go go back and listen to all of them. Uh, not you, but just the listeners. I know you're too busy. But um, maybe it's like a celebrity deathmatch thing. Maybe they're trying to drum up some uh, publicity that way. I don't know. It's either that or the Scientology versus Christianity. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, I think the most interesting Scientologist period is not Tom Cruise. I think it's John Travolta. Like, is he a Scientologist? Yeah, and like, I mean, what, I knew that. I knew that. What they have on him, and like, they have all that stuff about him trying to fuck the masseuses and stuff. He's yeah, a weirdo. He can't leave. So. I think I thought Going Clear was good. I mean, it was better than the the Michael Jackson documentary. I'm not what discussing that or <laughs> or watching it. That's all I got, buddy. Okay, good good batch of questions. I might have to start taking over the question duty. You seem to be struggling. I didn't. I normally read the questions like an hour beforehand, but I didn't have time today because I was in, I was in the field a long time. We get it. You were in the field. I understand. So why don't All you right. take them back over? Love the patrons. Go to patreon.com slash reads ranch for uh, access to the discord. It's a lot of fun. I've been loving uh, arguing with people about the NBA for the last month. Yeah, I've had to, I've had to take some time off from the discord. Understandable. The it, general gets a little messy. It got a little too degenerate for me. Yeah, the the general gets a little messy. It runs some people off. I understand that. But we, the good thing about the Discord is that we have a lot of channels. You can discuss WWE with me, NBA, NFL's firing up, the ball football's getting heated, people talking themselves into nine wins. It's a great time for access to that and to support the cause and show Seth that you support the movement. Again, patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Still got some stickers. Kids. Still got some stickers left, some Reed's Ranch stickers. Yeah, I, I, need up, mine. Um, I need mine, by the way. Well, next time you come up, I'll give you one because you left it. I, I left tried to give it to you, and you left it there. It's not my fault. I left it, yeah. Listen to the Daily Quickie. Every morning I put these out, uh, just about a 10- to 15-minute podcast on the day's news, uh, as well as uh, go on iTunes and give us, a, give us a subscribe, give us a review. I like seeing reviews. Go give us five stars and tell us you love us, just like I love Seth Hughes. See you later, buddy. Love you, buddy. Bye-bye. Yeah, if I told you I ain't love you, you're just in love with this moment, 
Does that automatically make us opponents? What do I do with these roses? We part them like Moses. Please pardon this notice. But some women would appreciate the fact I've taken this onus. I own it. It's my fault, but your debt. And you pay with regret. Remember that day that we met? Me neither. It's way cheaper to forget. Ain't it? I know the truth is more tainted than these pictures that we painted. I hate it. You playing plaintiff and you got me on trial. Like every move I make, you got it on fire. Like that's a healthy way to live. Always checking where I'm at. You really being true to that thing sitting in your ribs, yeah. You can't love nobody else till you and your men take a walk. Or is that silicone too close to your heart? I know that probably stings, but you out here chasing rings like Sonic. Well, these are all the problems that it brings, yeah. I give you what you never felt. You give me something I like. But first, you gotta love yourself. I'm trying to show you the light. Yeah, yeah. Hey. It's something that a lot of people know, but yeah, it's something we all see. Yeah. It's something not a lot of people show, but it's something we yeah. all see. Yeah. Your feelings, how can emotions be wrong? They can't, that's why I wrote you this song. One of these days.